Antonio exploding. Hits him again, and down he goes. Antonio! Antonio Inoki! Incredible victories, international championships, legions of adoring fans around the globe. All are part of Antonio Inoki's remarkable resume. This man is an artist. You've got to be impressed. But these accomplishments merely scratch the surface of Inoki's impact. A household word in professional wrestling. Inoki honed his ring skills in both Japan and the United States during the 1960s. By the early 70s, Inoki was not only a top draw, but would found New Japan Pro Wrestling. Over the next two decades, Inoki would battle top international superstars from around the globe, both in his native Japan and when lured by promoters to North America. Inoki chalks up another victory for himself here in Madison Square Garden. Inoki's most celebrated matchup would come in 1976, signing to face heavyweight boxing champion Muhammad Ali in the world's first mixed martial arts super fight. I know. Uh, what Muhammad Ali is facing in Inoki. How are you going to defend against this guy? The contest drew unparalleled attention around the world, a feat Inoki would match two decades later. In 1995, Inoki would use his celebrity and power to bring a historic event to North Korea, intended to promote peace, an astonishing 190,000 fans would turn out to witness Inoki face WWE Hall of Famer Ric Flair. He's using professional wrestling as bridge of peace. Inoki would retire from competition in 1998, but his impact continues to be felt to this day. World Wrestling Entertainment is honored to enshrine Antonio Inoki into the WWE Hall of Fame. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the PWC Extra. I'm your host Jimmy T, and my co-host is Evil. What the hell is that? Haterade. Haterade. Dose. Haterade. Oh yes, Haterade. Oh, Jeez, I fucked it up. I totally fucked it up. And how do I fuck that up when I actually said it on the other show? Crazy, right? Anyway, jeez, hate on me for that one. Anyway, man. Obviously, this is a bit of a tribute to Antonio Inoki, who just passed away what? yesterday, I believe. And um, we're having this discussion, Jeff, off the air about if it's a bigger deal than, say, Scott Hall passing away. I liked your response to it. As a matter of fact, I'd love to get your response again right here on the air, on the extra. And tell us why you think one or the other and why it is or isn't a bigger deal than Scott Hall, say. I mean, I don't think it is for mainstream wrestling, but I, I can understand why one would say that it is because of the business of global professional wrestling. Antonio Inoki was a giant. Uh, he was in all Japan wrestling. He brought Japan to mainstream in the 70s on ABC's Wide World of Sports with bouts against Muhammad Ali. And I'm pretty sure the battle with Andre the Giant was also on Wide World of Sports, with, which was yes. a weekly show on Saturday that aired for like three hours a week. Uh, it's a lot older than most of our listeners would be, but if you've ever heard the thrill of victory, the agony of defeat, that was from the introduction to Wide World of Sports. Um, anyway, uh, you know, and he also founded New Japan. So that, you know, that's a pretty huge impact as well. So, I mean, I don't really like 
comparing folks like that. They're both giants, but I mean, Scott Hall, you know, for mainstream wrestling, especially in North American or anyone that was like a WWE or then WWF slash WCW fan and was during the, the Monday Night Wars, I mean, Scott Hall was the, the, the shot that was first fired. He was he was Lexington and Concord. Uh, so, uh, you know, the outsiders, you, you know, it, it would be fair to say that you could you could divide wrestling history if you wanted to and not be considered ridiculous as pre-outsiders, post-outsiders, you know, pre-Monday Night Wars, post-Monday Night Wars. So for that, I, I would say Scott, just because he's, you know, was such a popular wrestler and, a, and an enduring figure, the NWO, uh, you know, everything. But... Um, I don't want to take away from Antonio Inoki, who was a giant in the business, one of the best chins of all time, great hair. <laughs> yes. One of the only absolutely. people to rival Vince McMahon's hair. He did that, oh, that thing in North sure. Korea, which was probably uh, <laughs> Ill, ill-conceived, Ill but uh, still today is historic. Um, I don't know. Oh, Rest in peace. He's definitely got the best chin in professional wrestling history, no doubt about it. Maybe history and Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure that's a chin and i say that with all due respect and in the most positive way i was a fan of antonio Inoki. i mean he was before my time you know at first but nevertheless if you're a fan of professional wrestling you know who antonio Inoki is and it's a big deal in terms of the business of professional wrestling it's a huge deal and um man yeah it's it's shocking i mean he died grace grace gracefully as a matter of fact he was happy all the way to the end and uh him and uh giant baba who was the founding father of all japan pro wrestling were two of the pillars of you know professional wrestling in japan not just uh not just them two though there's one more also but that's going way back and um man it is what it is he died at 79 you're right it was the heart like some sort of it's a rare form of heart disease a very rare form of heart disease as a matter of fact apparently and uh yeah man uh, he died at 79 years old i'm sure wb will pay tribute to him come this monday night surely oh oh yeah i'm sure they'll have a whole tribute set up for uh for rob right in the beginning and he'll get a 10 oh for sure no doubt about it i mean he has to and knowing triple h as well I know Vince McMahon was actually a fan of his. Not just Vince, but I'm not a fan, a friend of his. Yeah. Also, his father, Senior, was also very close to Antonio Inoki as well. But, so, I mean, I think that AEW Dynamite will as well. Oh, for sure. They have to. I mean, they have to. I mean, they've got the forbidden door, right? They work with New Japan Pro Wrestling. But, yeah, it's, it's shocking news. But it is what it is. You know what I mean? And, uh... Shout out to Pierce Austin in the chat. Yeah, the boys, no doubt. What up, Pierce? And what up? And he also says, I'm okay. I was with the no, true goat. Anoki. It's just a type. Oh, Anoki, yes. Which is Was the true goat, especially with the chins. I will say, did you see Ken Patera's when he was wrestling Ken Patera in the in those little highlights package? That I kick I, was I brilliant. Later, I saw Mr. Yes. Saido. I saw Ken Patera. I thought I saw Barry Windham, but I'm not sure. Um, Hogan, obviously. I saw Hogan. Hogan, definitely, right. Yeah, Hogan a few times. When uh, he was a young boy. Yeah, Hogan sold the missed uh, dropkick. They couldn't, shouldn't have put that into the package. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad, actually. But I will say he's he had the best integrity in the business, I, I think, in my opinion, man. 
He used yes, to do that I mean, just smoothly. For a drop kick, for a talk. I mean, Anoki was like six six, six seven. Yeah, big dude, especially for a Japanese guy. I mean, he was huge. Not to mention Giant Baba was even bigger. Yeah. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, absolutely. Um, well, let's get into it. Uh, Inoki, did you know this actually, Jeff? Inoki had fought with Pakistani wrestling legends like Akram. Not that I know who these guys are, and Jara Behalawan. Yeah, probably I botched the Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> he also was he was the most flamboyant Japanese he professional wrestler. <laughs> oh no! Anyway, <laughs> he also turned politician. Jeff, I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure I, you I, did. You know, he turned politician. The whole thing with North Korea was when he was yes. a politician, and and uh, some people think it was a campaign stunt. Well, he was definitely Yakuza, if rumors are to be true. I mean, if you look at the guy, he definitely sort of looked the part but uh he, he was at least uh, involved with the yakuza you couldn't stop 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. he uh he died saturday age 79 local media reported public broadcaster nhk in japan said he died saturday of australia failure. friday for the real world well saturday is japan and australia for crying out loud jeff sorry friday for the real world i don't buy the good old that. us of a where it's the center of the planet and in general which right. in many ways it is exactly correct. so yes saturday in in our neck of the woods when i say that i'm talking about japan and australia and friday for the whole planet america yeah right. fuck yeah right. <laughs> team america yeah but anyway yeah exactly standing at 1.9 meters which is six feet three inches for you guys jeff uh he he was a pioneer of mixed martial arts in japan and shot to fame in 1976 for taking on world heavyweight champion Muhammad Elijah Ali in a zany wrestler versus boxer bout in Tokyo. In 89, he was elected. Well, that's what this article says. So <laughs> he was a zany wrestler versus boxer bout. That's how they put it. There was nothing zany about it. <laughs> I know. I don't know why they say that. But anyway. memories. True. In 89, he was elected as an upper house lawmaker for the now defunct Sports and Peace Party. Uh, he also traveled to Iraq prior to the 1990 Gulf War to gain the release of Japanese hostages, Jeff. Yep, I remember that. Yes, indeed. Also, Inoki lost his seat in 1995 and retired as a wrestler in 1998. Hence, if you caught uh, Uncaged at channelattitude.com. They, they were oil engineers. They, they worked in the petroleum industry in those, in those giant derricks, those giant, uh, not, not derricks, those giant grids. Right. Well, I was going to mention how he retired in 98 as a professional wrestler. Those slaps that you saw on uh, Uncaged was his retirement slap party, basically. I never was an honor. <laughs> of course, later you haven't. But was re-elected to the upper house in 2013 as a member of another opposition party, Jeff. Oh. He first, yes, he first visit to Pakistan was a matchup between Atani Anoki versus Akram Palawan. However, you say that name. And in 76, when the 46-year-old Akram was well past his prime, his managers, the Bolu brothers, booked the biggest fight in the country's history by pitting Akram against Antonio Inoki. The news sent shockwaves throughout the country as the Pakistani fans desperately wanted to watch Akram beat an international megastar. The match also intrigued many international fans of the sport as a student of the great Gamma was about to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the student of the legendary Carl Gotch. 
Unfortunately, it all sounded better on paper than it would be. The Pakistani audience believed they were about to witness a real competition. Yet the concerned parties had agreed to contest this match under a professional wrestling format, hence the result being predetermined. Before the fight, it was announced that the match would be held under special rules. However, due to multiple reasons such as Akram's lack of understanding of professional wrestling and the miscommunication between the two competitors, that would be interesting, the fight turned from a work into a shoot midway through the match. Akram apparently bit Inoki on his arm, that sounds familiar, which Ooh. led to Inoki responding to the unprofessional attitude by poking his adversary in the eye. The good old nice. eye poke, Jeff. Absolutely. So, it works even in the shoot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the bout saw an abrupt finish when Inoki locked Iki in the double wrist lock but broke his Ooh. arm due to Akram. Uh, Iki, it says here. I don't know who Iki is. I'm, I'm assuming... I thought it was Akram. Yeah, I thought it was Akram too. It must be his nickname. And he ended up getting him in a double wrist lock, but broke his arm. He ended up breaking Akram's arm due to Akram refusing to tap out. Huh. Is that why you don't take Indian seriously? Because Pakistani had his arms broken? Uh, well, let's be honest. Pakistan was part of India once upon a time. Let's, let's be honest. The only reason why they became Pakistan is because they wanted the you know Islamic state of them you know for themselves hence why pakistan they're, they're was founded the whole thing with Kashmir, right and also and, bangladesh same yeah, thing well, yeah well that, that used to be east pakistan yes well a lot of turmoil indeed but get this jeff the match ended via referee stoppage with this injury seemingly occurring according to referee mr takahashi this fight this finish was not scripted and was fought for real when the match fell apart However, with fans gaining more knowledge about the behind-the-scenes operations of the pro wrestling business in later years, many speculate that the finish was meant to protect Akram in defeat as him tapping out in front of his home crowd would have been potentially dangerous. And yes, it should be noted that PTV, Pakistani's only television channel, <laughs> okay, I didn't know that, reported a protest taking place outside the National Stadium in Karachi as the local fans were enraged by the hometown hero's loss. After the match, Inoki returned to his home country while uh, Akram peacefully hung up his boots and retired. Jeez, if you see what he was wearing, God damn it. That's all I'm saying. No, uh, but I then he went... what he was wearing. Well, you don't want to, believe me. Okay. Anyway, but Inoki ends up visiting Pakistan one more time though, Jeff, because Inoki versus Zuber Jara Palawan, so they've got the same last name, three years later, due to heavily impressed... By the, company, uh, by the country's culture, Antonio Inoki returned to Pakistan to get the bad taste of the last match out of his mouth. However, this time he was not booked to fight some legend of the country, but was proposed about against a rising star in the form of Zuber. Zuber. Yeah. Wow. Zuber. This anyway, really Zuber. PWC extra. I'm not sure anyone else really is covering this aspect. I, I didn't even know this, so this is news to me. Oh, anyway, I call this out. Well, Zuber had only been wrestling for three years and was um, and was apparently mere 19 year old as he was the nephew of Akram. He's, this ended up setting up a, what seemed like a perfect revenge story and to no one's surprise, the hype of this bout had the entire country in a gasp. And he later became uh, the great Kali. <laughs> we'll get to that. <clears throat> Excuse me. The event occurred in the sold-out Gaddafi Stadium in Lahore. Yes, Qaddafi Stadium. <laughs> Yalla. In Lahore, with over 30,000 fans, this time the match went to its complete 25-minute time limit. But it was pretty evident 
to the fans in attendance that Jada had outpowered Inoki through and through. Wait, the are, judges are, scored. Are they Sunni in, in Pakistan? Because Sunni, Shiite, I, I don't have a clue. Yeah, I don't no, know. It must be very sunny in Pakistan, but. Shout out to all my to all my Muslim brothers out there, who Inoki actually became Muslim, but we'll get to that. The judges scored the fight a draw, but in the unusual move, Inoki forfeited in the favor of the youngster. The oh. Japanese legend, yeah, he was he was a good guy. The Japanese legend raised Jara's hand as the crowd rushed into the ring to celebrate with their <laughs> probably their local hero. Experts though uh, believe that Inoki received quite the payday from putting the youngster over in such a manner. Inogi, uh, Inogi, Inoki and Zuba Jara would become close friends after their monumental match. Having built a strong personal connection with North Korea, though, over the years, Inoki traveled there dozens of times to help resolve the issue of Pyongyang's abductions of Pyong Japanese... Yang. Oh, whatever, punk. What was it? Pyongyang? Pyongyang. <laughs> Pyongyang. Are we going to do the Soraya Soraya thing now? Sir, I, uh. <laughs> you prick. Anyway, uh, about the abductions of Japanese citizens... During the Cold War, before ending his political career, get this, Jeff, he ended his political career in 2019. Can you believe that? 2019. I can't believe it. Well, he goes on to say here, the wrestler whose birth name was Kanji Inoki said he wanted to contribute to world peace through sports and had arranged martial arts and wrestling festivals in North Korea, often meeting high-ranking officials during his visits. Japanese officials dismissed the trips as a sideshow, though, and asked about them at the time. The then Chief Cabinet Secretary, Yoshihide Suga, pointedly reminded journalists that Tokyo had a travel ban in place for North Korea, urging <clears throat> the politician to act appropriately. However, <clears throat> Japanese television news provided blanket coverage of Inoki's trip, and his visits continued to prompt interest, given the lack of details leaking out about life in North Korea. To finish it off, though, Inoki, unmistakable from his outsized chin and trademark tie and red scarf, even in summer, also forced the government to take an official position about aliens when he, t when he tabled a question in, b <laughs> in budgetary committee in 2017, saying he had seen a mysterious flying object disappearing over the horizon. What do you know? In 2020, Inoki said he had been diagnosed with heart disease. Hey, he's well like us. He believes in UFOs, apparently. Of course. Only a fool. What do you know? Well, get this. The Prime Minister of, of Pakistan and Japan actually paid tribute uh, to Wait, Inoki. One guy rules both countries? Wait a minute. Prime Minister Shabazz Sharif expressed his grief about the passing of legendary Japanese wrestler mm -hmm. Antonio Inoki. Reported 24 News HD TV channel. Apparently, it's HD. Shabazz Sharif said that he had a vivid memory of meeting him at the stadium in Lahore 10 years ago. He mesmerized the whole generation with rare wrestling prowess. And he says, my condolences are with the family and the Japanese people. He actually released this on Twitter officially. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Not to mention, did I mention the... <laughs> yeah, oh, this is funny. He a certified uh, blue check. Yes, certified blue check indeed. Okay. So we know he's really the Prime Minister of Pakistan and Japan. You know, you know what? Let's bring in Pierce. He wants to he wants to join in. How about we do a an extra Aussie uh extra? Uh, Pierce, Aussie we're waiting extra. for you. 
Aussie, Aussie Open Extra. extra. <laughs> is, hey, is, Aussie Open Extra, you gave me an idea. Not but... a jar of mayonnaise? Is that, that's the only rule. It can't be a jar of mayonnaise. Or a tube. Can it be, can it be any can, form can of it mayonnaise? Be, can it be mayonnaise? No. Why not? Because it's too close to mayonnaise. It's, uh, the risk is too high. <laughs> uh, you're a character, man. Well, anyway, that was pretty much the rundown of Antonio Inoki. Um, yeah, I'm sure that was exactly the rundown that everyone else was reading. A lot of a lot of stuff involving Pakistan and North Korea. Yeah, I didn't know so much about the Pakistani thing. I mean, if the if the president of Pakistan paid tribute Prime to him, Minister? yes. Oh, sorry, Prime Minister, whatever. I mean, that's got to tell you something, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. Told you something. I mean, sh- not sure exactly what, but yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I mean by in terms of worldwide. Look to the Western world, of course. Scott Hall is a bigger deal. You know what I'm saying? But oh, I see where you're going with this. Everywhere else, though, it seems like Anoki. You know, really. I mean, he was a politician. He was a wrestler. He was a fighter. You name he, it, what? he did it all. Well, I'm pretty sure the Castros um, sent their regards about Scott Hall because he was Cuba's greatest export. <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, come on. It was Scott Hollandes, apparently. Ah, Razor Ramon. <laughs> yes. Razor Ramon, but later on. That was his real name, Jeff. Come on. Ah, well, Razor Ramon's his real name. <laughs> Razor Ramon. That's, that's, that's his real name. Mm-hmm. Anyway, do you have any long-lasting memories, though, Jeff, of Antonio Inoki? And if you did, what were some of your favorite moments, man? I have to long term memories. <laughs> I mean, but well, I, I, I mean, I, I do think that one of the first professional wrestling things that, that I saw was Anoki against Muhammad Ali, and I thought that I dreamed that I saw Anoki versus Andre the Giant too. But when I was looking through the, the scroll, he did wrestle Andre the Giant, so I did see that. Because um, everyone's like, no, it was Ali. It wasn't Andre the Giant. I'm like could have sworn i mean that's not something that you make up but maybe it is um but so those are my memories that's those are my memories of antonio and okay then of course the north korea thing with wcw but beyond that i mean no i i, I i'm not really gonna lie about it that this is you know what, what you just told me most of that is complete news to me i mean i knew that he uh was part of all japan and then founded new japan but the rest of it i mean he was a politician but you know I, I didn't you know i i didn't know he was repeatedly trying to do sports uh you know as a bridge for peace that that didn't work out so well yeah (laughs) well yeah it depends who you ask but yeah i mean look he's he's gonna be i mean shit i can only imagine the tribute japan and in particular new japan are gonna do for him um it's gonna be huge no doubt about it i mean the world media is really reporting about this all over the place from down here to to the states Take that, to Japan, Hall. Pakistan. Yeah, same with Scott Hall, obviously. No, but no, I think take that, Scott Hall. The world yeah, leader talking that. about you. You're not making world news. That's a hey, well. That's true. No world leader was talking about Scott Hall. That's for sure. Mm-hmm, but world leaders are actually talking about Antonio Inoki, the great mm-hmm. Antonio Inoki, the greatest chin in professional wrestling history. And uh, even that hair, that hair was <laughs> was one of a kind yeah, for yeah. sure. Him and, Vin, him and Vince definitely spent lots of days admiring each other's hair. <laughs> that's a very fine comes... cloth you've got. That's a very fine cloth you've got. <laughs> no, that's a very fine cloth you've got. <laughs> what what <laughs> moose do you use? Nothing. It's a natural pompadour. <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs> oh, anyway, Jesus Christ. Maybe we've already given the Salami Award away, Jeff. 
to was that sloppy seconds? <laughs> oh boy. So anything anyway, else that we should talk about this week? Well, you already want to move on from the from the tone, Tony Noki. That sounds funny. We've been live for twenty eight minutes. True. Good point. We have been talking about it for a good thirty minutes. Well, let's move on then, Jeff. Just for you. Uh, well, yes, there is a lot of news in professional wrestling. As a matter of fact, I believe you have one. You, I, I believe you start first. You do. How about well, you start I mean, first? There's a couple little tidbits. One involves your neck of the woods, where yes. WWE inked a deal with what is it? Foxtel is that the name of the company? Foxtel means Fox Television. Yes. Oh, wait. How they figure is, that? That's good. <laughs> well, so, and Aussie yeah. does own Foxtel or Fox in general. You know that, right? I mean. Rupert Murdoch. Yeah, Rupert, Rupert Murdoch. Is he Aussie right. or is he South African? I can never tell the difference. No, he's Australian, Jeff. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so that is going to be the exclusive airing of WWE programming. They're going to have a Peacock-like affiliate in Binge, which is a streaming platform also owned by Foxtel. And we yes. think the Foxtel will be like your USA and fox network type shows that we have uh here in the u.s and we same, think same. binge will be like the peacock the former wwe network it'll be 9.99 a month and one thing we do know is that wwe typically has an exclusive for all wrestling content on those networks so apparently that might be squeezing aw out of the regular tv market and limiting aw only to uh fight tv and things of that nature 100% man that's exactly what's happening I mean there's no way AEW can actually get a foothold I I believe unless the rival to Foxtel mm-hmm. actually do something about it and I'm looking at you Optus just quietly if they how good Aussie Open is have they, have they seen the, how great they were <laughs> they probably don't even know who Aussie Open is oh, that's, a, that's a shame I'm sure Pierce Austin would know who Aussie, Aussie Open is. Just, what what, just what about Outback Jack? Have they ever seen him work? <laughs> Outback Jack, the... probably. They probably would remember Outback Jack because he was kind of famous back then. Well, he was being... Tiny Kangaroo Down Sport. Tiny and Kangaroo that too. Down. Yeah. Yes. But what about uh, Jerry the King Lawler's former partner? Bill Dundee. Yes. he was. Pro- who, do you think he was the biggest Australian wrestler back in those days? He certainly wasn't the biggest because he's about five foot no, three. No, not <laughs> not in size. I'm talking about in terms of name. Maybe for a while. I mean, I, I would say now, no. Rhea Ripley probably is. Oh, not now. Now that's completely different, man. Like you can't even I, compare it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll go with yes. Yeah, I mean, done. I mean, Outback Jack, you know, had what a year of a career, maybe two. I mean, Dundee worked for, what, 47 centuries? Yeah. I think he became one of the main bookers also. Yeah, maybe. Little little Roy Orbison looking guy. (laughs) Jeez. Well, he was a big deal in the South, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, no doubt about it. But you know what? I've got other news, though, Jeff, because this is actually quite interesting. Apparently, Jeff, Warner Brothers Discovery reportedly reached out to Cody Rhodes prior to AEW departure. And what did Mm, they have to say? Well, apparently Cody Rhodes left AEW this past February following both sides being unable to come to terms for a new deal in the company. Following his departure, Rhodes signed and made his official return to WWE at this past April's WrestleMania 38 event 
in Arlington, Texas, Fightful Select reported that their sources stated that prior to his departure, Warner Brothers Discovery officials had reached out to Rhodes and tried to persuade him to stay in AEW. It was reported that Rhodes' presence with the Rhodes to the Top and the Go Big Show series had helped him build up a good connection with several with several notable people within Warner Media at the time. It was also reported that Associate General Manager and Senior Vice President of scripted original uh, like shows, Sam Linsky, was one of the people who had reached out to Rhodes. Those spoken to stated that there was no ill will between Rhodes and WBD following their conversations, but Rhodes had informed WBD officials that it was time for him to leave AEW. Uh, Warner Brothers officials reportedly had also contacted Cody and Brandy over their interest in potentially participating in this year's Upfront event for the company. It was reported that it is currently not known if this was meant to be linked to AEW or other Warner Brothers Discovery-owned shows. In regard to Warner Brothers Discovery's reaction to Rose's departure, those spoken to within WBD stated that while they would have loved if Cody had stayed in AEW, they did not view it as a deal-breaker type issue. Those spoken to stated that WBD has been happy with AEW and its recent ratings for their shows on TNT and TBS respectively. What do you think about that, Jeff? I mean, it's interesting. It's interesting that they had such a you know investiture in one person. Um, but, you know, he, he was on two other of their shows, so, you know, uh, and he's... You know, supposedly very charming and very politically savvy. And for someone who didn't go to college, he's very smooth and business-like. Um, I have my own sources who have told me that, that Discovery really didn't and does not like CM Punk at all. Like they, like he, they, some of them were personally felt insulted by him and, and like they find him offensive. Uh, I don't know if those two things overlapped at all. Um, but it wasn't a deal breaker because I'm sure if it was that important, you know, WBD would have said to AEW, to Tony Khan, if you expect to stay here, keep this guy. Because, uh, I mean, certainly the network is the stronger party in, in that deal. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't doubt that the story is true. I, I just question the degree of imp- if if it's not getting more importance than, than it really deserves. If it wasn't like, okay. we'd love to see you stay, you know, sorry to see you go, uh, you, you know, do you want us to call Tony for you? And he's like, no, 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 it's time for me to go. And they're like, all right, well, when your contract's up there, if you if you want to do business again, you know, door's always open, one of those, one of those things. Well, no doubt. Well, in other news, Vice TV, Jeff, are reportedly working on Vince McMahon documentary and plan to air it this month. Vice TV reportedly is currently working on a new wrestling-themed documentary based on former WWE CEO and chairman Vince McMahon, according to PW Insider. Gee, Mike Johnson... Rep- you you right, think Mike this will be different than the Netflix version? Oh, who knows? We'll see. But, uh, well, that's not even happening anymore, right? Yes, Didn't that get shelved? Oh, it is again. They were just waiting to figure out what the ending needed to be. Okay, interesting. Well, Mike Johnson reported that his sources stated that Vice TV officials recently taped interviews with several people for this upcoming documentary... Johnson reported that this documentary will be covering McMahon's career in wrestling, including his recent resignation from WWE no. over sexual misconduct allegations against him. To cover. This documentary is going to cover everything about Vince McMahon except anything to do with wrestling. 
Exactly. Well, get this. The Wrestling Observer's uncle, Dave Meltzer. Maybe. Boy, does he have a head on him. But anyway, the Wrestling Observer's Dave (laughs) Meltzer. Who gives a shit? Fuck him. Dave Meltzer reportedly in Friday's Daily Update that his sources stated that this upcoming documentary is currently planned to air on October 11th. That's on my birthday. What do you know? Wow, happy birthday. Your birthday is a month before mine. Oh, there you go. Happy birthday to us. And will be two hours in length, Jeff. Meltzer also reported that he was one of the people interviewed for this upcoming documentary. Of course he was. <laughs> of course he was. Do you reckon we'll have Cozy lisping all the way it. to the documentary? Definitely, <laughs> and is definitely one of the most influential people in wrestling. But in my opinion, he didn't know anything about wrestling that he hated and he really did more damage <laughs> to the business than benefit. But the business wouldn't be like it was without him. I have a lot, great deal of respect for him. Somebody you got to talk about this, this. You got to do this and that, doesn't that. It sounds like you're like slowly like having an epileptic fit. Well, never mind. I think I just threw my own line, didn't I? I've done this too, this. I just stepped, I literally just stepped on my own tongue midline. So did I. Anyway. Uh, we got Kenny Omega and Young Bucks AEW suspensions update. Jeff, are you intrigued? I, I am intrigued, except the latest news I heard was no news. So, yeah, please tell me what you got. Well, apparently, as noted before, CM Punk, AEW producer A Steel, Kenny Omega, and the Young Fucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, were involved in a backstage fight incident following AEW's All Out 22 event earlier this month, well, last month now. Like following the, the incident were brought back right like the brandon cutlers nakazawa pat buck all of them were brought back except for a steel their suspensions were lifted well AEW suspended all of them for an indefinite period of time as well as several others who recently had their suspensions lifted dave Meltzer once again reported in this week's wrestling observer newsletter that his sources stated that omega and the young bucks have not heard anything from the company as of late that's that's you think weird. Dave at this point can't just tell us that his sources are Omega and the Bucks. I know, I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> to the status of their ongoing suspensions, Meltzer reported that the current belief is that everything regarding the suspension situation is on hold due to potential legal action issues and another issue that is currently not wait, known. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I just got a three way call. It's Meltzer and Omega. What, what are you guys talking about? Oh, sushi? <laughs> what? What's up, Dave? They want sushi. Arigato. Hi. He wants sashimi. Yeah. Hi. Heal. No, no, sushi. Nick. Bucks. Jackson. Massey's. <laughs> yes, Massey's. Listen up. That's their real last name, Massey. Um, yes, okay. I know. He wants sashimi. Eel. Got it? You got his order? Two rolls. He works out, not like you guys. All right. That's it. That's that's <laughs> it for my breaking news. Hi. Anyway. Yeah, on the phone, by the way, he was interpreting for Dave to the Masseys who are in my living room God. where they can often be found ordering sushi well, sushi absolutely DoorDash. they don't use grub I, they use DoorDash they don't uh, apparently it's arigato hub right, but anyway Uber I, Eats, they hate Uber Eats <laughs> well I ate sushi yesterday just quietly but anyway uh, in regard to the young bucks though Jeff Matt Jackson recently teased on Instagram that his and his brother Nick's suspension could be lifted very soon, apparently. Jackson stated, yes, this is what he had to say. Thank you so much, guys. He's like, for everything in the last 18 years now. You guys have supported us and been so great to us, and I really can't wait to see you guys very soon. 
I don't wow. even know if that means anything. It doesn't, but it does mean that you can start enjoying BTE again. Cool. Looking forward to it. Word. Not really, but why not? <laughs> why not? That shit is well. Dope. It's very dope. It's dope tight. indeed. Well, <laughs> God, this picture. Did you know there's tentative plans for White Rabbit reveal, Jeff? No, but I love Carcassonne. Well, the White Rabbit may be revealed at the WWE Extreme Rules pay-per-view on Saturday, October 8th. WWE sources, apparently. WWE sources told Fightful Select that the pay-per-view is supposed to be the date of the reveal, or at least it was at one point. Fightful, what? Go for it. What do you have to say? Okay, so if you followed the codes, it it led you to like an episode of The Simpsons, and then it led you to like the word Bel Air, which this genius right here took to be the, the the French word for fresh air or beautiful air. So I'm like, fresh air. Oh. yeah, <laughs> apparently now that, now listen, this is, this is, and this is from Don Tony. So I want to give him credit. He said that Bel Air refers to the fresh Prince of Bel Air and that the fresh Prince of Bel Air came from Philadelphia before he went to Hollywood or Bel Air. Um, so an extreme rules is in Philadelphia. I was stuck on Bel Air as beautiful air. I'm like, I don't know what the hell that is. Where I was going, I was trying to go with some, is it France? What's France? So, I mean, was, oui, oui. yeah. So the whole Bel Air comes from Philadelphia thing seems a little bit afar, but it is Philadelphia and Extreme Rules is there. So if Don Tony got that right, that, you know, that's good. I mean, I figured Extreme Rules made sense as the, as the next, you know, uh, 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 what do they call now? PLEs, not pay-per-views, the PLEs. Premium live, Premium live event. yes. Right. Uh, and because, I mean, this is getting a little bit, you know, it's it, it's it's right on the cusp of, you know, really being interesting in anticipation and but being annoyed that it's taking too long. So it's 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 right there. So Extreme Rules seems like the right time. But it, it, if I was just to go with Bel Air, I mean, I knew it wasn't Bianca Bel Air. So I, I don't, I don't <laughs> Well, maybe is it Bianca Bel Air? Who right. knows? Nah. Well, Fightful also says that the WWE creative team has been laid, uh, largely hands-off with the right, with the White Rabbit segment, and most people they talk to backstage in WWE don't know of the exact plans. That's typical. But the belief is that it's related to Bray Wyatt, whose return has been rumored since Triple H took control of WWE creative. Triple H and other higher-ups in WWE would, of course, be aware of the plans for the angle. Well, one of the one of the QR codes led to the song the Three Little Pigs," and there was also a video of um, Porky Pig from uh, from the uh, cartoons. So yes, yeah, oh, and Jonah isn't on New Japan shows. He's yes, I was New gonna, Japan. I was so, about to go there next, but so, you so just my said dream. What's my dream, Jimmy? What's my dream? I know you want him to be Huskus the pig, and I'm yes! talking about Jonah. If they do that, no shit. I mean, ugh. can you uh, imagine that? Would you be actually alive, offended? Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. Jonah, just shave think- that stupid hair of yours and put on the talk to Chelsea Green about how to smudge lipstick on your face. And, oh. and and just do the uh, and you can be my little huskus the pig, my big huskus the pig. Oh God! If they went that way, man. Oh my God! Oh my God! I I I would I would have immaculate orgasms. Oh no no no! Don't go it, there because it would, be uh, than, it would be more than the Lashley music. 
<laughs> well, oh, well, I don't know because uh, when that happens, she goes. It would be like that episode of Avenue Q. Oh, what's going on, Jeff? <laughs> it's shaking. Oh no, it's an earthquake. <laughs> uh, Jeff, be careful what you wish for because you might just get it. <laughs> Oh, this always... Oh, no. What's going on? Is that... Is that head shaking? Jeff, calm down. It's about to collapse around here. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, he's finished already. That's a new record. <laughs> Throw you a billy. Don't be silly. Throw him a billy, folks. Anyway... Anyway, enough of that. Jeff got his little pleasure out the way. But guess what, Jeff? Did you know, and I know you know this, but uh, I'm going to tell you anyway. Did you know Rush is officially All Elite? Oh, my goodness. So all the people who told me he was All Elite before were wrong? I guess they were. I also heard that Bandito was offered a contract. I didn't see anything where it said yes, that he, was. he signed one. Which I didn't see any Chiron that said or Banner that said Bandito is all elite. I don't know what else he's be doing, but I hope he doesn't go there because there's no reason for him. I mean, I hope him and Dragon Lee sign with WWE just so that they're both on a on a big platform. I mean, nothing against AEW particularly. It's just they already have too many people they all know what to do with, and they keep bringing in new ones, including VSK, who's Butler Jeeves. So yet another, mm. along with Sir Ah uh, Ah. Uh, the, well, I thought you were going to go with the the, the, the big, the, good for Rush, though, uh, former Ring of Honor world champion. Um, yes, that's exactly what it starts with. The, uh, the, uh, the big news about space TV. Well, that's your actual news, Jeff. How about you actually tell the world about space TV? Okay, so space TV is a network that is owned also by Warner Brothers Discovery, which is really Discovery Warner Brothers. And it is the exclusive airing place of AEW television uh, for Mexico, Central America, South America, all the Spanish-speaking countries, so minus Brazil. I'm not sure about Suriname, because probably they speak Portuguese too. Um, so Brazil has their own thing. Um, but as of today, or yesterday, as of today, October 1st, AW all AW programming has been taken off of space television. Uh, so if you're, if you're south of the Texas border, um, and you were watching on Space TV, You now have, your only option is Fight TV. I have no idea what Brazil was watching, uh, you know, on AEW. If Brazil was watching AEW, if it's a different <laughs> television channel, but it's, it's also the Caribbean. Uh, so all the island nations and all the uh, islands in the Caribbean and Gulf of Mexico, Mexico, Central America, and all of South America. So, you know, I don't know if that has anything to do with what's going on in North America. Uh, I, you know, it could be, you know, how... WWE has a contract with Disney in, in Indonesia and Malaysia down down that part of the world, but no, not Disney here. It could be totally like that, but I don't know. Under no interpretation can this be considered something good or promising for AEW, especially as it goes into a contract renewal, especially as, as it's struggling in lots of ways. I know we're going to get to the ticket attendance soon. If we're not, I'd bring it up. Um, bring it up. Go for it right after this uh, if you want. Yeah, but uh, woo, uh, you know, you know, this Cody thing, if you want to believe it, uh, and, and the fact that they don't like Punk, uh, maybe maybe Punk getting hurt 
uh, allows AEW to dodge a mini bullet with that one. But it seems like they've got a lot more coming their way. Anyway, the 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 thing about oh the, okay so ticket sales so Meltzer this is the source of this one so you know if it's going to be biased it's going to be biased towards AEW and <laughs> yeah. he's reported that AEW is concerned about the ticket sales for their upcoming events um, with the exception of a couple of shows I think one in Canada is pretty close to sold out but uh, most of their other shows are very poorly sold including the Cincinnati show where John Moxley the wow. champion is supposed to face Hangman Adam Page on a dynamite. Um, and, uh, most of the other shows are either at or below half capacity, most significantly below half capacity. And of course this just comes off dynamite where, uh, the, the arena in Philadelphia was, it had to be at least two thirds empty. Well, to be fair, all they do is go back to the same damn cities over and over and over again. Weren't they in Cincinnati? What? Like five weeks ago, if that. Yeah, they're, they're, they are definitely mostly a northeast and, and midwest, and then down to the Florida kind of, kind of tour. I mean, they've done some text. They've done text a few times, and they, they've been to other places. You know, obviously they did a, a couple a show in Ontario, California. Um, but even the, the Canada show is is one that's doing well. That's almost sold out, or is sold. Out. Well, that's expected anyway. I mean, they haven't had it yet, so well, that, you know, yeah, it's, it makes it's, sense. It's, it's, first trip there yeah but you're right if, if what you're saying is that they've overtilled the same fields and the soil yes. is not fertile then it's, it, it seems that you're right it, it may have nothing to do with the bloom being off the, the rows of the product writ large it may just be that those audiences are sort of out of their disposable income that, that they've seen enough and they're like yeah don't feel like dealing with traffic i can watch it at home but um whatever the reason is they're not happy and you know maybe they need to expand to some other cities and whatever the case is but it is what it is. So still plenty of time in those cities to get those tickets, folks, if you want to go. I'm thinking about going to the Baltimore show, which there's like 1,400 tickets sold for the Baltimore arena. Wow. That's it. Yeah, it's like the Chesapeake arena. I don't even know what they call it. Anymore. Isn't the Chesapeake the biggest one, though, in, in, in Maryland? I'm yeah, talking in terms of arena. Year 19 was. That wasn't sold out either, by the way. I was there. Um, it wasn't even close to sold out. But, yeah, no, the, the, that that facility seats for a wrestling setup around 14,500. Um, so right now they have about 1,400 tickets sold, which is, you know, probably mm, probably about as good as the last Ring of Honor show did. It's more. The last Ring of Honor show probably did 1,100. Wow. Jesus, man. That's, that's pretty bad. But in a quick little tidbit, Jeff, did you know WB's infamous doctor if you know who i'm talking about named uh -huh. chris aman yes reportedly left wb yeah, he, uh, he notice he's resigned he's he's done with the company so wow. and good riddance to him i mean geez i know he has one patient who's not particularly happy with him a former patient's not particularly happy with him but i don't know i you know i think he had a pretty long run to have one disgruntled patient uh, you know Maybe isn't the biggest deal in the world. I don't. I, I don't really know. What do I know? I'm not. Uh, I'm not that kind of doctor. Well, speaking of doctors, well, we have Malachi Black denying rumors of asking for AEW release, which is so he's such an idiot, and plans to return pretty soon. Apparently, Jeff, as noted before, Malachi Black is currently on a break from his wrestling career due to him dealing with serious personal related issues. Black had recently asked for his release from AEW due to these issues and rumors of him wanting to return to WWE following their recent 
contact with him. Black recently provided an update on Instagram Live stating that the rumors and reports regarding his release status in AEW and other details about his contract with, with the company are not true. Black also stated that his usage of quotation marks around the word release in a previous statement by him was only meant to be his way of showing that he he did not agree with those rumors. Bullshit, Malakai. Yeah. Sentence Bullshit. two of his tweet under his certified account was, I have asked for my release from AEW. <laughs> so, so, so he caved like a house of cards. Right, well, he, he goes on to say, and I'm going to call him Malaka Black from now because that's what he, he is. I know, but now he's legitly a malaka. Some people can't seem to just shut the fuck up. This is him saying this. Like him. And create... <laughs> right. Like him. Exactly. I mean, how many times does he want to explain himself? On Instagram, on Twitch, on this, on that. Like, shut the fuck up already, Alistair. Just or whatever say, your name is. Just say... Tommy. Life subject to change. That's <laughs> all. <laughs> life yeah. subject to change. That's. I mean, that couldn't be any truer words. I we had a deal. Jeff. We didn't have a deal. I'm. I'm very happy. They're going to give me some time off. I'm. I'm going to be very happy to make my return when I'm ready to AEW. And you haven't seen the best of me yet. But yeah, that's all I needed to say. Not to call everyone. Listen, I don't defend the dirt sheets. I'm not defending Sean Ross. He's blocked me on every. You know, every chance he could get. I think he's double blocked me a few times. But. <laughs> The source that reported Malachi Block asking for his release was Malachi Block. Right. Well, he tells everybody to shut the fuck up and create things that are not there. So I have to go out here again and have a conversation with you guys. This is what he's saying. So, so yeah. So guys, right? Absolutely. So guys, bro in in, the Netherlands, bro. Okay. I don't fucking know. Probably bro. Anyway, so guys, how many times do I have to tell people to not trust people that are not in this business? If you can't even get the years of who are in this business. In the business, exactly. Even get the years of my contract right for crying out loud, which is very minuscule detail. Because AW doesn't report the the contracts, but the source of the contract length was in fact on Busted Open Radio. And the source yeah. was on live radio. Wait for it. Wait for it. Tony Khan. Oh, TK himself. He's the one who wow. said five years. How the hell is anyone else going to know the contracts? He doesn't release them. He doesn't even talk about injuries. I mean, they're, they're finally admitting that they don't. That they've have. That they've kept concussion secret. No, duh. They keep other injuries secret. Why not concussions? Right. Well, he goes on to say, then how are you expecting, or how are people expecting these guys to know very intimate? and private detailing in regards to my private business. My uh, contracts... Sir, I uh, Ooh. <laughs> oh, sir, right. Uh? Mm-hmm. Ah, interesting. You get intimate details from her. <laughs> They're all out in the public for everybody to see. As a matter of fact, um, did you know she was uh, all elite by now? I mean, she's what? very elite. Yeah, 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 pal. Is she going to expand the women's revolution? <laughs> is well, she ever? Well, thank God for that. She's going to expand it, all right. <laughs> what wasn't, wasn't Piers Austin going to join us? That was like six days ago. Is he okay? Did he get he's kidnapped? Setting, he's setting 20 minutes. Uh, if we end up finishing the show, I mean, it is what it is. Well, maybe next time. But look at this. Saraya oh. is all elite. <laughs> 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 That is not a flattering picture. Uh, hey, hey, it, it, she's all elite. It's out for the public. It's the public can see it. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, look at that. Isn't that a, such a flattering picture? 
No, it's awful. Sir, I, ah. <laughs> Sir, right. Huh? If, if you pan down a little bit, you can, you can see a belly pepper. <laughs> she's got like a thunderbird, like a tribal thunderbird on it. And she's from, she's from, uh, she's from that British Native American tribe known as what? Uh, it's known as Cox. The Cox, okay. The, the Cox. Cox. The Cox from Cockney. Oh, I didn't recognize her. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, isn't that from the land of, uh, what's that guy's name again? I didn't see that. I didn't see the movie with that cock. <laughs> I mean, look, just one more time for everybody to know. Is Soraya. Is, is that a watch cap or is that like the world's most effective but ugliest condom? <laughs> Why is it even blacked out for crying out loud? Because she's I mean, black. <laughs> Oh boy, that that is so flattering. I mean, I felt bad for whoever won the Divas Championship did after that. her. <laughs> I didn't do that. No. <laughs> did I do that? Not me. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> where was I? That I was talking about Alistair Black for crying out loud. I was reading what he had to say, but it doesn't it doesn't even matter anyway at this right, point. The, so I mean, he's saying don't believe people who aren't in the business, but we can't believe him, and we can't believe Tony Khan who are in the business. And by the way, these these wrestling media people. They're in the business, and they're just as carny and just as bad as, as the, the sources. I mean, so, you know, yeah, sometimes they make shit up, and sometimes they're just speculating. And yes, they're just reposting and rebroadcasting a lot of what others do. But their sources are also leading them astray. I mean, there's been plenty of times where WWE, we've caught them trolling the media and putting false stuff out there just to see if it gets reported. And so, I mean, they're all, they're all players in the same dirty game. It's, it's like the wire. It's in the game. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, we've got the man joining us, actually, Jeff. From Down Under? From is, Down Under. Is he from further my... Down Under than you? Like, where in Australia is he from? There he is. He's actually yeah. above me, as a matter yeah. of fact. And joining us right here on the PWC Extra, it is Pierce Austin. I mean, Yo. dude, finally, you're on the show. And if you haven't checked out Shooting the Shit Uncensored, please do, because it's... Man, one of the best shows I've seen, and you've interviewed pretty much the who's who of professional wrestling. Pierce, what's going on, man? Uh, not much, man. Just dropped the kids off at the grandparents' house. So, uh, <laughs> me and the wife were supposed to have a date day today because of the grand final later, but uh, I said, no, nah, I've got to go jump on with the PWC, what? so uh, date night can wait, or date day can wait. Beautiful. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, it's the NRL uh, grand final, right? Yeah, NRL, man. So I don't who's, give a fuck about I'm from Melbourne, man. We don't even give a shit about, about league down here, really, man. Even though the Storm, I mean, they've been pretty good over the years. Storm? Not Tony Storm. We're talking about Melbourne Storm. Oh. But, uh, yeah. But who's in the final, man? Parramatta and Penrith, bro. I was going to say I, that. Like, honestly, I couldn't give a shit. <laughs> well, I haven't who, who, game of football in so long, man. The game has gotten so slow and fucking monotonous. It's like watching well, AEW. Oh, shots fired. Well, that's like me, man. I'm a big AFL fan, right? Being from Melbourne and shit. And I feel the same way as you do. You know what I mean? But tell Jeff, see, all the Yanks, man, they always think it's rugby. Even AFL, they think it's rugby. But it's not, Jeff. Yeah, I don't care. It's not. Just say, of course he doesn't care. Of course. But before we move on to the wrestling stuff, is it Penrith or Parramatta that's going to win, Pierce? You don't give a fuck, right? Jimmy Crack, he doesn't care. I have zero fucks to give on this one, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, so he I've been... All right, well, let's move on, man. First of all, did you know, Pierce, I don't know if you saw this and we're just talking about it, but Soraya is all elite. 
<laughs> I don't know what that thing oh. is over there. I don't know why it's blacked out. It wasn't me, just quietly. But did you know she was all elite? I did. I did. I saw it. And, <laughs> and to be honest, it's, you know, all elite, like they bring in AEW, they bring in these names. And then three months later, they're on fucking dark matches. You know what I mean? Like it, Tony Khan gets a new fucking toy. He plays with it for a minute and then it goes, Ooh, something else. You know what I mean? Like he's got ADHD, bipolar, fucking split personality. This dude has no fucking idea what the fuck is is going on. He he's not doesn't even know if he's coming or going half the time. So he's so strange. He doesn't even get like the good toys. He also gets like bad toys. So like like Soraya, big star, but he also recently acquired Ari Davari. Cole Carter, VSK from NWA. I mean, what's he, he's like collecting like the the Island of Misfit toys. Well, that the, the thing is with AEW, and this is my thing. Tony Khan is not a writer; he's a booker, and he doesn't book long term. He books show to show. Yes, um, thank you. And also, what you see, he does. AEW is indie with a budget. So I'm at a lot of indie shows like here in Australia. Like, I mean, every weekend I'm at multiple shows and you're at PWA a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the one thing that you see with booking and, and a lot of the smaller indies, they, they book per show because they tell the storyline because that same audience isn't going to be there. All right. Bigger indies like GCW, PWA, all these other companies, they can do that because they have the platform to, to kind of go a little bit out of left field than the normal indie booking. AEW, Absolutely. national fucking television. They don't fucking write for national television they, or worldwide television, I should say. Yeah. No, he's spot on. As a matter of fact, we're just saying, Jeff and I, how like they basically just, they're a Northeast company pretty yeah. much. I mean, they don't, they don't go on the West Coast that often, you know what I mean? They do it, well, maybe once a year, Jeff, right? Say They've been to Vegas a couple of times. They went to California wow. once. I think they're planning to go to Seattle. I mean, but yeah, I mean, they mostly do the Midwest circuit, the Northeast, and then they shoot down to Florida, and sometimes they'll, you know, they'll hit, they'll hit outside Atlanta. They'll go to, you know, Raleigh instead of Charlotte. You know, I mean, they'll, they'll get around, but yeah, they, they, they plow the same field over and over again and occasionally go to other places. But, but what he was saying is absolutely right about about them booking absolutely. like a new show. But For it's sure. even worse not because once he makes the booking decision, he's married to it. So like he booked that idea for Soraya and and the women's lumberjack match, and went ahead with it even knowing that there were eight women there. I mean, you don't mm-hmm. have a lumberjack match without all four sides being covered. They didn't even try. There were two sides that were that had nobody there. What? But forget that you didn't need a lumberjack match because this is the first contest between these two women. And there's no reason for a feud-ending lumberjack match. They do that all the time at AEW. I mean, they're doing yeah. with Andrade and Ten next week. But I mean, say we don't have enough women here to do a lumberjack match or or whatever your AEW say. This is intergender lumberjacks, and just throw out a bunch of your B squad there. But the thing is, as well, like. <sighs> AEW has struggled with their women's division since day one. Like, I don't watch AEW regularly enough. I watch a couple clips here and there. Every time I sit down to watch AEW, five minutes in, I'm like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I refuse to do it. But the thing is, and I said this, like, when they first started and you could see how the women were be poorly, they were being booked. I said, if they were smart, they would hi- sign Tessa Blanchard, build that fucking women's division around her, 
and then have you can then build other performers off of her, make her your Ric Flair, so to speak, of AEW. Now, someone I said that to said, oh, but she has heat with all these other fucking performers. Fuck them. Yeah, I agree. At the end of the day, like, what have you done with Ali? What have you done with half of these women? Nothing. So you don't give a fuck if you someone they bring in, they're going to get their fucking feelings hurt about, bro. So do business. Don't be fucking woke and fucking make money. <laughs> yeah. Well, this Absolutely. is a good time to, to segue into the next news line, which is really what we were talking about. And it was Soraya. And one of the stories is that she hasn't been cleared yet. And, she, and she's like, it's fake news. Well, week one, not wrestling. Week two, she, she speaks. And she's not one of the lumberjacks. Week three, she's going to be in the corner of one of the teams, but not one of the participants. So what are we to believe? And then she posts cleared. So everyone thinks that she is cleared. And then the next day she goes, oh, I'm, I was talking about Leo Rush. It's like, who gives a fuck about Leo Rush anymore? Leo Rush has retired four times in the last three years. And while he's been diddling around thinking he's important, we have found three dozen other wrestlers that can do exactly what he does, but aren't as ridiculously small as he is. I think Soraya, you know, while signing her, I think I don't know what she's going to bring to the table. To be honest, like hell of a talent when she was in ring, but if she's injured and can't go, what are you going to do? Have her be a fucking special guest referee every second, third week? They waste a lot of money on on peeps like that, like the Big Show, Paul White, right? Why bother wasting the money on him? What does he do? Nothing. Like you said, Pierce, Soraya, she's probably going to do nothing. I mean, even Mark Henry, he's just there to be like, it's time for your main event. That, that's it. Not be little, that. That's one of the best parts of AEW. It, look, I know, it's it's cool and all, but let's be honest, man. Why are they wasting so much money on just dead talent, really? like Because t- Tony Khan wants to... Ha- Please wait. Bro, Tony Khan wants friends in the wrestling business. He's exactly. got money. So in wrestling, you got money, bro. You're gonna have a lot of fucking friends. It's true, in, man. Absolutely. You look at AEW, right? You look at it as a as a fucking whole. He needs to step back and go, right? Who's really here for me? Who's really here to make this fucking company something special? I don't like AEW, but I don't wish its fucking demise because it's more nah, place for right. people to work and make money in an industry that we all fucking love, right? So fuck, Absolutely. I want to see it do well. But what I've seen of it, it's fucking garbage. But because Tony Khan, I get the feeling he's in it because he wants to fucking hang around, you know, the boys and the wrestlers and all that sort of shit and be over with them. And you see that, bro, when he fucking hugs uh, um, Castanoli and all these fucking (laughs) Don't fucking hug these people. You're the fucking boss. Vince McMahon, who do you see him hugging? Maybe The Undertaker, Stone Cold, or, or like guys he's had like 20 plus year relationships right, with. Right, right, absolutely. You've been in the business for 20 seconds, homeboy, so just sit the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that was right. well said. Right. I've said a million times, you can be a friend, you can be a boss, but you can't be both. Facts, mm-hmm. man. And the fact that he even gets Booker of the Year, like bullshit, it's true. Like you said, Pierce, man, they book week to week. Like that's all it is. Like it's week to week. It, they book like an indie promotion. They if essentially are an indie promotion with money, right? And if they continue going down this road, I, I seriously think, I mean, they can possibly go bust. Like, do you know what I mean? If they continue to go this way. And and I, and I think the, the, the morale in the back is, is shit. I truly believe, 
half that locker room's not getting along with anybody. Everyone's for themselves. TK wants to hug freaking everybody to death. He doesn't know what he's doing in the future. And you know what he needs to do? He well, needs to actually hire... people made their way to Philadelphia. They have six and a half days to get to Philadelphia. And there's a hurricane coming to the United States that's going to hit one section of the southeast. And, and he doesn't have a full staff there. God. You know, but also, speaking of staff, he needs to hire some people to help him. Let's be honest. I'm talking about some right... I mean... It, Who's the writers in that company other than TK, really? Is there anyone that's, like, there? Nobody, you know, really. Let, let me ask you this. Do you find it surprising that everything seemed to turn to shit once Cody kind of left? No, I think it was a bombshell. The fact that, that Cody jumped ship to WWE, it's no coincidence, man. I think it rattled him. Like, literally rattled the shit out of him. And they're scrambling. And I still think they're scrambling. You know what I mean? But... They think by by getting guys like look, I'm a big fan of Joe, for example, right? Same. But in saying that, these guys that they're bringing in is not making the sort of impact that Cody did. Just Cody alone has done to WWE. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, I don't know, man. They're in shambles. They they need to do something real fast. But it's almost like they're blocking the ears and going la 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 la. It's like they're not seeing it. You know what I mean? Including TK. I was told. Uh, by my sources that with all the veterans that they've got in the back there, and this is a true story, you know, I've heard it secondhand information from someone right. who witnessed this happen at b- backstage at AEW. Jake the Snake Roberts, probably the greatest promo psychologist in the fucking wrestling industry. You can't convince me anything different. He went up to a talent, said, Hey, let me give you some advice. When you're doing, and the talent went, let me cut you right off right there, old man. I don't give a fuck about your advice. I've already got a contract. Fuck you. And walked I off. Can, I bet you I know who, who that person was. I bet you it was Hangman, right? Was he talking to Hangman? I, I, it wasn't con- confirmed. But then... It's, it very much like, sounds I'm like it. Anderson, all these fucking guys who can help you and these young, dumb, fucking woke millennial fucktards, I don't need to listen to advice because the business has changed after the time <laughs> they've been in it. Bro, wrestling's fucking wrestling. Heels get over, baby faces get over the same fucking way. It's not hard, man. Exactly. You're spot on. It's, it's not hard. It's actually quite easy to book this shit if you actually just put some friggin' common sense into it. You know what I mean? But for whatever reason, but that sounds like, I mean, Jeff, Tell me that doesn't sound a lot like Hangman Adam Page saying fuck you to all the vets in the back. I mean, it sounds exactly like the tweet that they wrote, except for the expletives. So I, I don't know if he's someone the curses in the back. I don't pretend to know him. Um, but the, the the sentiment is exactly what he tweeted himself. So why, why wouldn't he be the first person that comes to mind that might have said it? But, you know, also knowing him, well, I did just as I don't know him, but, you know, if he's more polite than that, he could have heard someone else said it and then he repeated it in a tweet. So I don't know. Whatever it is, obviously that's a sentiment that he felt comfortable enough tweeting so enough other people must feel the same way. And, and I mean, even if you feel that way, you don't cut off Jake Roberts. First of all, the man has COPD. It, you know, let the man talk. If he's caught his breath, let him talk. It's just it's just a respect thing. And, I mean, isn't something about woke supposed to be tolerance? I, I, I find the intolerance of the of the uber progressive to be uh shocking um anyway 
I, I, I don't know about all that list. A lot of it seems to have changed with Cody, but I always thought that they were sort of sporadically booking. I really think that what threw them off more than Cody leaving is this obsession with the Forbidden Door and Ring of Honor at the same time. Because at that point, oh, yeah. Cody, I mean, that, like sometimes you can juggle three balls, but at that point he was trying to juggle eight and he's not capable. He wasn't very good at the three balls, let alone once you added five more in there. It was, it was impossible. So I'm not sure. The one, the one smart thing I think that they did was make Jericho the first champion with AEW because he, sure. he had the biggest name. Sure. Now, they make Jericho the Ring of Honor champion. Again, there, there's, not- there's There's more to that, though, Pierce. It's obviously trying to... I think they're trying to get TV through Jericho being the champ. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that's they're trying to make Jericho happy and keep him in the main story and that no too, matter what. That too. But continue that, on, but please. I, but, I, but I also think it's like it adds value. Someone like Chris Jericho, former world champion, main evented mania, has done fucking everything in the wrestling business. And to be quite honest, I've said this a million times, Jericho is like the Dave Grohl of professional wrestling. He's been cool for 30 fucking years and you can't deny him. So I think that right. like by putting that belt on him, it gives Ring of Honor a level of stock because look, Ring of Honor, even before AEW bought him, was a high-level indie at best. Absolutely. They had great 100%. moments, but high-level indie. Well, yeah, that's why he shouldn't it shouldn't be counted as eight-time champ. You know what I mean? Like, really, it's it's not a big enough title to be considered in your overall world titles that you've won. You know what I mean? So I don't agree with Jericho calling himself the eight-time world champion, but if there is any well, chance... I don't either. Um, well, actually, apparently, out. in Vegas, he had to get his magician license to do that fireball. Believe it or not, I don't believe <laughs> that's, it. I don't know if that's bullshit or not, but that's what he said himself. But it is what it is. But nevertheless, I just hope AEW get their shit together. And I'm saying that because I mean, we all fucking laugh at this company. We all have a a good laugh at the company, but we need it to get stronger. We need it to survive. And for now, it's just a perception. The perception is they're a big-time world sort of uh, promotion, right? But like you said, Pierce, they're just a pretty much an indie promotion on steroids, you know what I mean, with a lot of money getting pumped. But until they're bringing guys... I mean, yeah, they've got Arn Anderson in the back. They've got Dean Malenko. They've got uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. they got JR. But no one wants to take advice. These millennial fucking little idiots... Don't give a fuck. They've got no respect at all. It's also not a workplace. They they fly and, in the day of event, maybe and some stay over, or some of them fly out around midnight or one a.m. the the evening of. They, even if even if they're they're they would have taken advice from the veterans, they don't spend enough time with each other. I mean, they're first finding out this is what your match is, this is what you're going to face, this is what you're going to do. There's no time to get reps and whatever unless you unless you want to volunteer your time. It's not happening. Well, do Every you think them like Christian or whatever they say? Well, Christian's going to work with the younger guys. No, he isn't. He's just going to fuck them over and take their wives. <laughs> yeah. Hey, see, there's a lot of fucking steam with that too, and we'll get I to that in everyone. a second. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what? You know but, what, boys? If there's ever an apocalypse, there's going to be two things left on this earth: <laughs> cockroaches and impact wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Reverse the order, but yes. Either, either way, the impact wrestling is another like form but, of cockroach, anyway. So. That's interesting because if 
Tony Khan acquired the entire roster of NWA, MLW, Impact, AAA, and CMLL, and IWA, and every other GCW, and brought them all into AEW, he would not attract he a still wouldn't know. viewer. He still wouldn't know what to do with half these dudes, man. Like, no, legitly. Just, it makes it harder, not easier. He's, he's, got, he's got too many toys to play with. He's like paralyzed Look, by the, you know, and it's like the same, you get the same stories over and over again because the wrestlers are writing their own stories. So you get two or three people recruit, doing recruitment stories on the same episode. It's, it's just silly. You have people with, you have a bunch of big, there was a time when Leo Rush, Matt Hardy, and Andrade were all doing the big money character on the same show. True. That's true. P.S. Let me ask you a question, man. Sure. Do you think... The fact that AEW doesn't run house shows, do you think that hinders their product at all whatsoever? I personally think it does. I think they should start doing house shows, not because of just, you know, generating more cash and whatnot, but also just to have their product become a little more stable, try new things, which they're not really doing. They have to do it pretty much on television because that's what they are. They're just pretty much a television promotion. Do you think it hinders them at all? I think it does for a certain aspect. Um, they've got so much talent, but not enough TV time for them. So these talents are sitting exactly. by, you know, in catering, whatever. Why not use these live events to get these guys out there more and have them wrestling more? Because if right. you're going to have people just sitting around in catering, it's going to be like WCW years ago. <laughs> yeah. where talent are just going to sit there. They're going to get jack of this bullshit. Like, dude, you know, remember when Perry Satin, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and Dean Malenko turned up in WWE's The Radicals? Absolutely. Yeah, The Radicals, exactly. Imagine if Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks did that. This turned up, in, and they did that in 2022 in WWE. And that's probably be where huge, they though. It would be fucking huge. It would devastate AEW, but like that's oh. the thing. Like, AEW isn't there at the same level as WWE. You can't no, say no that way. they're in with them and even triple h said you beat our developmental good work mm-hmm. yeah, that's true but he but let's be honest i mean i'm sure triple h in some little sense was burnt a little bit that he lost to those yeah. guys let's be honest i yeah, mean come on his his kid lost a little league game <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah i mean that's it's the true. best ball thing you can the best way to put it but in saying that like you said pierce Having the, all four EVPs on in, in your company would absolutely crush AEW. So that's the only reason why I see WWE actually wanting to bring those guys in. And I think there's a, still a big chance that they could actually jump ship. I, I truly believe that, especially for Kenny. I think it's the time is now for him to actually go there and have one last run and then be done. But it's interesting. We'll see what happens because 2023, I think... No, he's turning 40, dude. No shit. Well, dude. No shit. I swear to God. He's in their late 30s, early 40s. Right. No, for sure. But now he's a little more injury prone. I mean, shit, I'm turning 40 this month. Damn, that sucks. But in saying that, like, you feel it, man. And I'm sure the way Kenny wrestles, man, he can't go on like this for another five years, say, no way. I just don't see it happening. But he looks great for his age. I mean, he's look at him. I mean, he looks like a machine. No pun intended, but... Gimmicks. Gimmicks. Gimmicks, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure he's on the gimmicks. I mean, most wrestlers these days are on the gimmick, let's be honest. But, I mean, man, if they lose those guys, WB would absolutely be like, bang. That's it. Like, they'll be 
How do you come back from that, man? The funny thing I, is, I, I think AEW would be better off without them because then they could start focusing on some of the people that they have. I, I mean, I don't think Tony emotionally, I don't think Tony could handle it, and the PR coup would be enormous. But if you started focusing more on your Andrades and your Rushes and your Miros, you know, and Hobbs Miro. and, and some of those other guys, you know, maybe dust off Brian Cage and the other two guys from now the Embassy. You know, and then that's name, man. Oh, the embassy. Hey, don't put Wardlow and Samoa Joe in a tag team. They both have you, you mean Ward Joe? Ward Joe, yeah, which is <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, this is another case of where you're you're not gonna get the rub from Samoa Joe. And by the way, you didn't need the rub because the guy was over until you fumbled it in so many ways over the last four months. He could he could get himself over again if you if you just put him in matches and had Absolutely. him Absolutely. But you don't want I your agree. guys take out so you bring in josh woods to take out you bring in bandito you bring in juice robinson you bring in all these other clobber knoppers to to, to to you know to to, to look at the lights because you you don't want your own guys to even though you have people like the, the workman and the the factory and you know the dark order what's left of them but um we should probably say before we should probably talk about one thing that's not aw related and news and that there's actually concern about Randy Orton's back that he may not be able to come back. You guys know anything about that? No, that's news to me. Now I would say, I think Jimmy's uh, frozen over there. I don't know if he's paralyzed or if his. Oh, there he goes. Your pizza's here. That, damn it. So continue on guys. But before you do, Demetrius in the chat says, instead of buying wrestlers in smart pay. Jimmy. Hey, smart Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. Pay some people to, to take control of all things in AEW because the kids are running the classroom. Well, I say the inmates are running the asylum, but uh, which that, is very that, that comment is a hundred percent right, bro. Like, remember that little fucking jabroni that walks around and does rapping and like, hey yo, uh, <laughs> Max 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 Caster Max Caster, listen, listen, listen to this. Listen, they can give this motherfucker uh, a live mic, right? A 20 fucking three-year-old kid and say, hey, go out there, say whatever the fuck you want on this microphone. Go for it. Creative freedom. Then this right. 23-year-old kid goes out there and says some fucking inappropriate shit because he's a 23-year-old fucking kid on a massive fucking platform like AEW. And then what do they do? Oh, shit. Well, yeah, we got to suspend you, man. You're probably going to – you may lose your job over – Get the fuck out of there. You set this fucker up to fail. Yeah, no, it's true. That's that's facts, man. And not just that. Where were the people that... I mean, that show that he... Whatever he said back then, that, that was taped, man. They didn't even edit it. They could have right, edited it themselves. That's what I'm right. saying. They're married to their booking. Even when they have a chance to fix it, they still stick to it on tape shows. And then blame others instead of themselves for the, for the hiccup, which like, is ridiculous. Don't you think that they should have, like... Two higher quality matches on every dark and every dark elevation, just in case they need to edit something else that was intended for the main show and put it on right. in its place. Why not? I mean, like, how, how much a forethought does that take? None. This I'm not in this thing. business, but I know about redundancy and, and plan Bs. This is my thought about after hearing that it was pre-recorded. This kid had heat. So they're going, okay, we're going to put this on there. Then we can fucking rip him off television for a That's few weeks or a fucking month. Go sit the fuck at home. Go humble yourself. He could have been like gone up to TK or someone fucking high up in the AEW you know, food chain and pissed the fuck the wrong fucking person off there. 
for sure. I mean, I'm not I agree. Chain. I think there's just food, and I think it's TK. I, think <laughs> I, I, I don't know that there's anyone else that matters. There's no food for thought in that company, put it that way. You know what I mean? So, I mean, they now have about seven people who are EVPs and talent relations. When you have seven EVPs, you have no EVPs. Yeah. And I'm not yeah, even that's the mistake the that Kenny Omega right. is. I heard that, the, they haven't had, that the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Cody were EVPs. For, they haven't been EVPs for a very, very long time. Yeah, it's just a title. Well, they not do have... That, look. Not even that. Like, in reality, they're, they're just wrestlers, but they tell them, they tell people that they're EVPs. Well, but well, Tony Khan gave them those titles and never took them away. I mean, that's one of the things that, that Punk was yelling about. I mean, listen, Punk was wrong on many, many levels, but... Not that doesn't mean that everything he said was false. You can be wrong and tell the truth at the same time. Well, Pierce, do you think all that shit is a work or a shoot when it comes to punk and the EVPs? I think if this is a work, this would be the greatest work that AEW has done because it is fucking like head fucked every. It is it though? Fucked. We think about it from a business perspective now. Right. Yeah, but see, the problem is it's not on television. You know what I mean? It's only f for the dirt sheets and for the, you know, the real hardcore fans like us that would, you know, be in the know, right? And it's not out there on television. To me, if that's if it was a work, that is the biggest mistake they could have done by not acknowledging it on television. But better than that question is that it will eventually make its way to television or a pay-per-view if it's, if it's a work. I mean... I don't. Nobody that thinks it's a work thinks it's never going to play out on their TV screens. Uh, I'm not this, sure, but PS, go for it. AEW books to cater to the indie fans, to the That's smart true. mark, the the IWC. So yeah, this could be a work. Because look at how they fucking which fans they cater to. They don't cater right. to the audience. They cater to a small niche which that will never grow they will never grow that way man and they continue to fuck up every time when it comes to who they're catering to but i truly think it's a shoot anyway i, I don't even believe that i mean to me it's it's obviously a shoot i mean it's easy to always think everything's a work and blah 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 because you know they are workers right but this just i don't know man it's too convenient you don't just strip your world champion again Right, I mean that's a debacle in itself, and then you strip your newly crowned trios champions in the elite, which also wouldn't make sense to me. So to me, easily it's a shoot. But uh, I don't know. This company is something else. If it was a word, you, they would mention the trios championships more often. They'd feature absolutely. Them more often. They don't even and fucking. What happened to the trios belts now? I mean, where are they? And FTR would right now have all of the belts. So when the Young Bucks came back, it was for all the And belts. that's what I was going to say. As far as the EVP powers go, I still think they got power because the Bucks winning the AEW World Tag Team Championship is a good example. And the fact that they didn't drop it to FTR should tell you that they still have a bit of swing in the back. Pierce, go for it, man. I think CM Cunt. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Has CM actually Skunk. You can go all yeah. sorts of ways, but yeah, uh, go for it. I think CM Cunt has honestly, you know, turned up and, and we look at it like how he left WWE and then this is the same behavior. Right. If this is a shoot, then it just shows how much of a fucking prima donna it is. He, he, he is. And I'm not surprised at that shit. If it's a work, good fucking work. 
Like, that's a good fucking work. And like, like to be honest, because if you can work people in the business and you can work people even in your company, bro, well done. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely, 100%. But is it? do you want to work your boss? I mean, the boys in the back apparently don't like being worked. Apparently, that gets you a lot of heat if you try to work the boys. You know what I mean? But look, if Punk is doing that, well, that's, that's what I hear anyway. If they are doing that, yeah, it's a great. It's for for fans like us, it's brilliant. But is it the right thing? I'm not sure. I mean, even Punk should know himself that he's not really the right business decision to go that way. In my opinion, he should be experienced enough to know if you want to make money, you don't go that way. You know what I mean? If it was a work, the second they realized that Punk was going to be out for nine months, they would change the story. Because right. nobody has a work that that nothing that there's a hiatus on it for three seasons, and you can't plan his injury. Like obviously the injury happened at the event, right? So if yeah. they were going into it, look, apparently Punk was going to say what he was going to say. He planned with what he was going to say at a what was the last pay all out, right? Wasn't that the last event? There was so, the scrimmage yeah. there. Yeah. Well, apparently he planned on saying what he was going to say. So either way, he was going to say that shit, right? But then people point out, oh, well, there you go, it's a work, it's a work. But that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean TK knew he was going to say that. It doesn't right. mean shit. You know what I mean? Him so, what he says, nothing to do with, uh, you know, it's it's not proof of nor proof against concept. Exactly. So, but if he, if he was planning on doing that, then he's the biggest douchebag still in, in the world of professional wrestling by well, even going there. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. He's a fucking, he's, he's, he's a bitch, man. If he's really like that, he's a straight up bitch. And yeah, he's uh, just upset he doesn't have a bank account with his mother. <laughs> God, I can't believe he said that. Poor old Colton Cabana. But uh, and even him, I mean, shit. The poor guy now is in God knows where. Ring of Honor. It's not even going to be a company. This company, Ring of Honor, is not going to be a thing. Make no mistake about it. Nobody is going to want television for Ring of Honor. I mean, I just don't see it. One hundred percent. Like TV, that's, that's the only that that's the the, the only thing. I, I agree. I mean, if Rampage um does under five hundred thousand, why would you have a third AW show on your network? I mean, <laughs> unless unless you're going to only pay an extra two or three million dollars a year for it, and yeah. that's not what Tony Khan wants because he paid a rumored forty million, so he needs to make his money back in three to five years, right? Well, but, yeah, but look at it like this: Vince McMahon bought WCW for one million back in two thousand and two. And there's a bit of a conspiracy theory to that too. But continue, Pierce. I'll get to that. Yeah, after, but he, but he bought it out of bankruptcy court. There's a, there's a giant difference there. Right, but I don't know if you remember though, guys. Remember back in the day when um, Vince McMahon bought uh, the the what's it called the Turner time slot, where the old yeah, championship yeah, wrestling i remember i was i All watched right. black like, saturday right happening here right if you look deep into that right because he was forced no really look look into it even deeper for real and it will make sense when wcw goes up for sale and all that shit right at the time he said one of the conditions of giving up that time slot back to turner right and to crockett and whatever it was at the time was if they ever lose like if they ever go bankrupt he has the first choice to buy the company out. Yeah, but if, if you look into Crockett it or whatever, it was Crockett. 
and Turner right. owned it by that time, which is a different. Not yet, altogether. not yet. Just after yeah. that, Turner did. Yeah, no, Turner owned, owned it by the time it was WCW, and, and it was in bankruptcy. Yeah, when it was he WCW, wasn't, it wasn't buying until it was out of bankruptcy court. And by the way, Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor because he because he heard rumors that WWE was interesting, which I'm sure those started rumors were started by WWE, just so Tony yeah. Khan would do something stupid like this. That's probably what they do. I mean, look at their court cases; is a classic example, right? What do they do to their opposition? They just keep making them bleed money until they just settle right that's just their their whole way of doing things and it's, you're right jeff it's exactly what they're doing to AEW, including releasing all their talent i mean even vince himself said i guess we get, remember one of those uh press releases that they did wb where bray wyatt especially the one where bray wyatt got released he pretty much said well we're giving the the, the opposition more talent you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and the and the leg up pretty much and he laughed I think there's a lot of truth to that. There is. That, that, that's, you know. But, I mean, Vince, Vince is a strange guy. And, but I'm sure some of those lessons last and some of them linger. But Tony, Tony's a rich man. But people confuse his wealth with his father. His father is the one that's worth 9 to $10 billion. Tony, true. according to Forbes, is worth a billion dollars. Let's say that's true. A lot of that money is not free money. It's tied up. It's, own, it's part of his stake in the NFL team. It's part of his stake in the uh, football club league or soccer as uh, other people might call it that's not free money that's not free and clear he can't sell any part of that without plenty of people's consent including his dad including the leagues themselves uh, etc etc and i'm sure some of his other money is tied up in things that are not free and clear that you know or there'd be severe tax consequences and god knows how much he spent on this and how much he's losing but there's no way he's making a penny on it and that video game I mean, it's been on pre-release now for a month. Still no release date? What the hell is up with that? I think December it comes out, actually, Jeff. But there hasn't been an official date yet. No, They've had the announcement at December 30th for about a year now, which apparently is a placeholder for, like, all new products. Is December 30th, so that, like, people think it'll be available around Christmas time. Well, the funny thing is, like, them doing a streaming service. It's like, what are you going to do, bro? Put 30 shows on your streaming service and charge 10 bucks a month for it? (laughs) Right. What you want to well, see grainy gym matches from Ring of Honor 2003? Everyone wants to see Davey Richards against Steve Corina. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And first of all, what about Honor Club, Jeff? What are they doing? What, what is he doing? Like, does he technically own that? I mean, and if he does, he's not promoting it. He's not saying shit. I mean, at least start there. If you want your own show so bad, fucking put something on Honor Club at the you very, have, you at the very least. You do that. Test it. Call, call it AEW Honor Club now and, and, and test it. He knows he doesn't have enough content. And and by the way, I think he can't. I, I bet there's a sub clause in, in with Discovery that they have a right of first refusal. Interesting. Interesting. No doubt. Uh, Demetrius says, if CM Punk wants to come back, TK will let him back and turn it into a work. That's how I see it. TK works in the moment, not in advance. Well, That's exactly yeah. what I was telling you. Exactly, spot Good on. Placement of explanation marks there, also. <laughs> yeah, that's-, <laughs> that's why he's smart, Jimmy. We need but more <laughs> yeah. Well, well, boys. Um, look, I'm sure you just got home, Pierce, man. So I'm sure you want to get back to the family. And Jeff, you and I have been shit. We've done two shows already, but so I think we need to save this for another another show where we can go more in depth. But in saying that, Jeff, tell them where they can find you, man. My Twitter is right under my double chin. 
Uh, you can find me on many shows with Jimmy T on the PWC and Hummy Media Group and the channel Attitude on occasion as well. Also the PW Hustle. I'm also on Wrestling Soup Network. And you can find my non-this-affiliated wrestling shows. Well, it's actually also affiliated. Uh, it's the Hammerlock Meal with Daddy Cole, Steve Pena, and non-wrestling Garden of the Doom, a ufology, things that go bump in the night, cryptids, a little pop culture thrown in there, and Spooktober. So it started with, uh, we had our interview with uh, both New Orleans and Haitian voodoo priestess of New Orleans, um, Mamba Brandy. Had an interview with a vampire <laughs> yesterday, and we've got ghost stories from around the world and all sorts of things coming up. Garden Views is more topical. It's sort of on a hiatus, but we're going to do one legal show, which is about something really scary, death and taxes. Oh, oh. death and taxes, one guarantee. Pierce, tell them where they can find you, my man. You can find the dad bod god, the bald, the beard, the fucking beautiful Piers Austin <laughs> at Piers Austin on Twitter, at the Piers Austin on Instagram. You can find me on YouTube, Piers Austin, and wherever you get your podcast, Piers Austin. You can catch Shoot the Shit Uncensored, where I've interviewed some of the best names in the business. I'm branching out now, not just doing pro wrestling. Last night, I recorded an interview with Chris Lights Out Lytle, former UFC veteran, bare knuckle boxing really? veteran boxing oh. veteran and that's going to be dropping later this week and you're not going to want to miss it we fucking hit on every fucking aspect of uh the fight game with chris lytle great conversation i'm also sitting down live on tuesday night at 9 p.m sydney time the former world champion boxer billy the kid dib so make sure you tune oh. in for that and then on wednesday night i'm sitting down with the pwa absolute superstar the arm collector jessica troy so you're gonna want to check out all that shit and much much fucking more damn pierce damn i didn't know you into the fight game too i'm gonna talk to you about boxing dude we're gonna start up around boxing show me and chris ams but uh we'll talk about that next time but if you want to follow me on twitter you can at dj mass effects and at the pwc network please and subscribe right here at the pwc network.popping.com where you can find all our shows also like and subscribe at channelattitude.com where for five bucks you can find pretty much all of us here but more importantly me and jeff talk aew lately and uh at hamin media group pw hustle and the blowoffpod.com in saying that i'm jimmy t he's evil dose jeff limbin and that's pierce austin and you've been listening and watching the pwc extra right here on the pwc network see yous peace Dave, my friends. They woke. Oh. <laughs> Perfect.